2: Welcome to Fantasy Football Weekly, a production of iHeartRadio.
1: Time now for Fantasy Football Weekly from iHeartRadio, your weekly source for the nation's best fantasy football advice, speculation, and whatever stupid stuff they decide to drop into the show. Now, here's your host, Paul Charchian.
2: Welcome to Fantasy Football Weekly. I am Paul Charchian. My co host is Brian Johnson. Welcome back. Finally, you can say welcome back to me. Yeah, I mean, normally it's, you're it's good every to be week. welcome like, back. Clockwork. It's more like you're yeah. here again. Yeah, that's usually the case. Yeah. Scott Fish Filled in admirably for you. And it wasn't even a fill-in. I mean, you, you know, you were available. We just wanted, you know, he's a co-host in the show. He gets to come uh, back.
0: Huge shoes to fill. I'm sure he did all right, though.
2: He did great. He did great. I know. I'm kidding. Um, we're going to break down the NFC East, and we'll talk through our how we see these offenses functioning for this season. We've been doing this now, I think, six straight weeks where we've broken down different, uh, different divisions. And uh, the NFC East gives us a chance to talk about some – Shaky quarterbacking on the whole, but some a football inconsist- teams, yeah, some Consist- football teams. Yes, but we're going to talk about some football I will, teams, and I, I will be breaking down football team because <laughs> but, it's yeah. Stu Beard, and I'm going to take the Stu Beard option. So I've got Washington. You've got the Giants. Before we jump into the Giants, let me just remind people:
0: I gave you Stu Beard, though. We were discussing, we were prepping for the show, and first thing I said was, "You get Stu Beard, of course." Thank you. We weren't. I appreciate you yielding. Yes, Yes. I know what's up.
2: Um, And you got stuck with the team you love to hate, the Giants. (laughs) So yeah, the 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 division champion (laughs) (laughs) Giants forgot about that. I wait, no, Washington's a division champion. Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: it didn't matter. They both made the playoffs, so right? No, oh, that's right. The Giants. I'm I'm forgetting. The the Giants should have won. They should have well. No one should have won that division last year. That's probably (laughs) best properly stated. That's enough reality football. Before
2: we jump into the Giants, a reminder, guillotineleagues.com, open for new leagues starting now if you've always wanted to try one. Available at whatever prizing level that you want to play for and private leagues available. If you've got a bunch of friends that want to play in a guillotine league, we support uh, private league play for groups between 8 and 18 teams at guillotineleagues.com.
0: And the 144 Team, super shop. 12, yeah. 12 team leagues as of right now is about half full. That's to great. a $50 one, and you could be a part of history. That's yep. the flagship. Super Chop contest. It is for cash yeah. prizing that is. I
2: think the grand prize is three grand in that one, if memory serves.
0: Not bad for a fifty dollar. investment. Yeah,
2: that's uh, that would be that would be awfully football. nice. We uh, we filled up the Scott Fishbowl Super Chop for charity in a day, in a, in less than a day, like know, five hours.
0: Yeah, I, I was given last Friday off, day off, quote unquote. Day, and day then off. The, yeah, the right the Fishbowl <laughs> Super Chop it that day launches, and I'm yeah, right. not I don't have the day off then when no, I'm working on But that works. was awesome. It filled really fast though. Yeah, sweet.
2: and thank you to everybody that uh, decided to participate in that, and the $50 that went to Fantasy Cares was great. Roto-Wire for the free subscription, outstanding. Trophy Smack for the uh, amazing rings that they're producing for this. and the, uh, yes, Those are sweet. Yeah, really, really nice. So let's talk about the Giants. Let's jump in here, all and right. as we've done uh, for all of our pra- past uh, shows on this, again, we're not recapping last year. We're looking forward for how we think this offense is going to look, and let's jump into the Giants.
0: Giants, uh, last year, offense, not good. 31st and uh, 31st in yards per game and points per game. Um, Joe Judge makes his uh, return as head coach his second year. He brings along uh, – er- He's had Jason Garrett into offensive mastermind. Yeah. Jason Garrett, uh, still the offensive coordinator for the G-men. Uh, let's start with Saquon Barkley. Obviously, you've got to start with Barkley, uh, the big name, of course, on the team. Running back five, really player five overall Roughly, as of yeah. right now. It's either like, you're, unless it's a super flex league and one quarterback leagues, you're taking a a top five running back or Travis Kelsey. Which, by the way, it's Travis Kels.
2: Well, it, well he now said this. Now, this, now see His mom says it's Kelsey. So his mom would know.
0: So, we, so this thing's still very ambiguous. We had the, the bit, because my fantasy league would pronounce it Travis Kels, and we used to make fun of that. Yeah. And, and now like the, the shouty guy was the best. He'd be like, Travis Kels! Yeah. And we're like, they're so wrong. It's funny. But now it might be right. But anyway, uh, if you're not taking Barkley, uh, you might be taking Kelsey outside of one of the other big backs, but uh Barkley injured week one of last year, as everyone remembers, uh, lost season. People are expecting a full-on
2: bounce back for they Barkley. They are. They're banking on it at ADP5. We'll talk about him just a little yeah, more towards little the end of uh, okay. uh, this right. segment.
0: Uh, and if for handcuff reasons you're interested, Devontae Booker is the top uh, backup yeah. uh, at running back, and they also have Corey Clement, who came over from the Eagles, and now uh, rookie Gary Braywell. Uh But whoever the running back is for the Giants, they're running behind arguably the worst offensive line In the NFL, in Pro Football Focus's mind, they're ranked 32nd going into
2: this season. Uh, And this, despite the fact that they have put money and draft picks towards that line, they have tried, but the players that they've invested in have not worked out.
0: No, uh... They invested a fourth a fourth overall pick in uh, Andrew Thomas last mm-hmm. year. Uh, flopped at left tackle. Uh, Nate Solder, who was the starting left tackle last year, uh, will probably move to right tackle this year. Does make his return. He opted out in 2020. so That,
2: that will help a that lot. That does
0: help a lot. But uh, outside of that, um, they have a converted guard playing center. This will be his second year playing center. Yeah. And the other two guard spots right now, wide open Ugh. for competition. The line isn't even defined right now. So very worrisome there for the running game not only the passing game Daniel Jones currently quarterback 21 pretty much free in terms of a starting quarterback if you want I
2: think 21's too high You mean he should be going later I he should be going later than that yes. I mean there are guys after him like Carson Wentz I'd rather roll the dice on and yep. many you know many others
0: Yep man uh, he- We'll talk about him soon. Ryan Fitzpatrick going yeah. after uh, yeah, Daniel Jones. I awesome. would take Fitz nine out of ten times over Jones and probably Deshaun Watson, the one other time, who's also going after <laughs> okay. Daniel Jones. Worth the uh, the lotto play, uh, moral stance aside. Um, Jones does have a shiny new toy in wide receiver Kenny Galladay, who is the leader of that pack now. He's going off the board as wide receiver, uh, wide receiver 27 right now, which... Seems about right. Uh, he's definitely the wide receiver you want out of this corpse. Uh, corpse, core, corpse might be a more.
2: Yeah, well, yeah.
0: I pronounce that very. Uh, it's actually those? a
2: deep set of receivers. It is, it is Shepherd, it, That's the problem. I think is it's too many.
0: Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, you can get them. Well, end of your draft. Kadarius Tony, a rookie that some people are yeah. excited about from a redraft I'm perspective. Not, I don't no. like
2: this landing spot. He's
0: he's dead dead to me there. Um, but yeah, Giants wide receivers do not did not produce last year. Granted, Galladay wasn't there, but they were bottom eight in catches, bottom four in yards, and touchdowns mm-hmm. at the position. I'm just kind of out on this whole whole pass game, at least from the wide receiver.
2: Even Galladay, who in theory should immediately become the alpha, we see a lot of times even very good receivers, first year on new teams struggle. I just, and there's just too many balls to go around, including Barkley, Evan Ingram, Sterling Shepard, Tony. It's just, you know, Slayton, there's just so many guys that need to get fed. I worry about Galladay getting appropriate usage here
0: i'm with you and the giants actually have a very good defense you know so i don't i don't think they to be giving up a ton of points so i don't know how active yeah. if they're really wanting to win games i mean they are but i don't know how many they're going to win it's going to be more yeah. good defense ball control with barkley that's going to be the recipe for success and you just mentioned evan ingram let's talk about him and i might as well throw in that he is my highest upside player for mm. the giants mm-hmm. right now he has underachieved so far in his career, to say the yes. least, uh, just thirteen touchdowns across four seasons. Yeah. Of course, he plays all sixteen games last year for the first time in his right. career. Yeah, scores one touchdown. Thank God, <laughs> the only tight end touchdown for the Giants. But man, the Giants do utilize their tight ends a lot. They're they've been top eleven in catches for three straight years. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually a focal point of the offense. But Kyle Rudolph is
2: there, Kyle and Rudolph, Rudolph is a there. really good red zone, end zone target. And I worry that this could be another one, two, three touchdown season for Evan Ingram.
0: I do too, but right now at tight end 14. yeah, I mean, he's gone like tight end 6, yeah. 5, four, like his ADP, and now the bottom has fallen out finally. Mm-hmm. Maybe he puts it all together. Still a freakish athlete. He's shown flashes of brilliance. Of course, he's had some some bad drops, but at tight end 14 right now, if you're missing out on the big three or four, however you want to group those guys. There's top six, seven potential here for Engram. If you can put it all together in yeah. a tight end 14, that's a uh, virtually free. Uh, if you're looking at your starting tight end and to the, the riskiest player, it's pretty obvious. It's Saquon, it's Barkley, it's Saquon, Saquon sure. Barkley. I you mean, know, He's a top you, five you, pick. Yeah. If uh, he gets hurt like he did last year, you're it's done and the year before and the year before. And of course everyone is at risk of injury, but, uh, I'm still a little concerned they don't like fully unleash him out of the gate either when the season starts. You know, like people are thinking 25, 30 touches. I'm thinking more 17, 20. Hmm. Work him back a little bit. I know he's a a freak of nature. He's still very young. Uh very much in the prime of his career, but uh I don't know. Top 5 pick, it's it's too risky for me. He's not he's not I've a locked-in healthy taking, or produce. I've even. been
2: taking Devontae Booker uh late in a lot of yeah. drafts. Even if um, you don't have
0: Barkley, right? Yeah, right. And yeah. I, I
2: don't have Barkley, yeah. and I don't have any shares of Barkley and across any of my drafts. So I would yeah. almost
0: argue if you have Barkley, not to take Booker. Booker will be serviceable, but if Barkley goes down, you're pretty much done. But if you don't own Barkley and you get the, the starting right. running back for yeah. the Giants yeah, for free, that's me great. nothing, right? But right. Uh, yep. that's my that's take my there. But uh, but yeah, that's all. That's all we have to say for the Giants. Other than I hope Gettleman, Dave Gettleman, finally gets fired after this season.
2: I think it'll happen. I hope so for Washington football team mm-hmm. they get competent quarterbacking for the first time in years and this team is said to improve significantly over last year Brian you're gonna hear a lot of optimism yeah I'm this, with you this team finished 25th in points last year 29th in yards I think they're going to be closer to top 12 top 14 mm-hmm. in both of those categories so let's start with Ryan Fitzpatrick your new starter Although we'll mention uh, Taylor Heineke looked uh, pretty darn good at the end of last year, but Fitzpatrick uh, goes in as the starter, and he played well last year. And his benching for Tua, Tungo Vailoa, should not be viewed as a reflection of Fitzpatrick's play. And, you know, I'm going to give you some numbers here that really, I think, will, will help demonstrate why he's going to be very valuable here, and especially compared to recent Washington quarterbacks. You know, Fitzpatrick impressed the ball upfield. He finished 11th in completed air yards last year in eighth in yards per attempt. And this, despite last year, he had the second shortest time to throw and he still finished eighth in yards per attempt. I mean, that guy hung tough in the pocket and delivered downfield last year. He ranked number one in aggressiveness which is next-gen next stats' is calculation for a passer's willingness to throw into tight coverage. I like that about him. He's always been this way. He'll take the periodic pick if it means that he can get the ball towards his best receivers. Mm-hmm. Fitzpatrick led the league in on-target percentage in balls thrown 20 yards or longer last year. He was good last year. and They benched I,
0: him anyway. I know. The, the Dolphins would have made the playoffs, I'm convinced, if they kept him. Oh, they would. For goals. sure.
2: All he needed was one more win. Yeah. Uh, his He had six, his 65 completion percentage. People think that he's a very errant thrower, but he completed 65% of his passes. Aaron Rodgers completed 66. So I really think that's not accurate either. He was next-gen stats, seventh-ranked quarterback in completions above expectation. So... You're all that together. Don't you have anything good to say about Ryan Fitzpatrick? I I love (laughs) the guy, and I've got more on him later. So let's go to to his receiving targets, beginning with Terry Terry McLaurin sitting on a breakout season. He's already really good, despite the terrible quarterbacking they've had. Um, How bad was it last year? McLaurin was 75th in catchable target rate last year. 75th among wide receivers in catchable targets. Now with Fitzpatrick, he's going to see way more downfield opportunities. Fitzpatrick's uh, dot has been the top three, sorry, top 10 for three straight years. So we're going to see McLaurin work downfield much more. I love that opportunity for him. Um, Fitzpatrick's number one wide receiver. So his top wide receiver has averaged 142 targets per season when Fitzpatrick has started 10 or more games, which he is projected to do here. If we put Terry McLaurin on 142 targets, he will be a top 10 wide receiver this year. Easily. McLaurin uh, played a whopping 98% of the team's plays last year. So, obviously, I love McLaurin. Uh, Curtis Samuel gets reunited with Ron Rivera and Scott Turner, who know him very well from Carolina. He'll presumably be that jack-of-all-trades guy that he has been for Carolina um, but now with the best quarterbacking of his career.
0: And he's reunited with Terry McLaurin, who they, they, they went to went Ohio, to college, Ohio State together. Right. Isn't
2: that fun? Um, you know, So, you know, it's going to be the same. We did, to, we did just say that Fitzpatrick loves to feed his number one, and that's going to continue to be the case here. Um, but Samuel figures to be the number two receiver in this offense, and they're going to run him some and do some other stuff with him. I think you'll get a lot of high and low stuff. Let me note this. He ran predominantly from the slot last year, but under Scott Turner in Carolina, Curtis Samuel lined up outside much more often. And I think he's going to be an outside receiver for this team because Adam Humphreys is going to man the slot and he'll likely be on the field more than people realize because people in their minds still think Samuel like last year is going to be predominantly slot. I don't think he is. I think he's going to go outside much more. So, um, he, Humphreys got cut from the Titans. He was two years into a four-year deal, and that's you know that was worrisome that they didn't decide to keep him. And he had the concussions last year, but um, you know, you could play him in a PPR situation only and sort of pick your spots. He played with Fitzpatrick in Tampa for what it's worth, but I don't think Humphreys is anything more than a last. Last pick of your draft, kind of uh, guy, or somebody you you pick up off the waiver wire. Rookie Diami Brown is there. He's a speedster with deep speed, and we do have a deep-armed quarterback here, so he might be somebody you could you could throw a dart uh, at from time to time. But there's also Cam Sims and Antonio Golden Gandy and Kelvin Harmon, and there's other guys. And
0: Steven you know, Sims Stevenson, and Sim City, yeah, Sim City.
2: I like that. It is Sim City with two Sims on the team. Uh, Tight end Logan Thomas is fascinating. So he had the improbable path as a college quarterback, turned tight end, turned journeyman, bouncing around from team to team to team. And then last year, he's on the field for 93% of Washington's plays. And he
0: was a, a pro drafted as a pro quarterback, quarterback. by yeah. the Cardinals. That's he was like right. the
2: fourth quarterback. He wasn't like signed as a free agent or anything like that. He was drafted to play quarterback. Didn't work out. No. And to his credit, I mean, he's managed to stay in the league, and Lions gave up on him, and then now he's turned into a very good tight end. Over the final 11 games of last year, he finished with per-game averages of five catches, 51 yards, and half a touchdown per game. That's pretty solid. Uh, led the team in red zone targets. There's downside here, though, because, again, Fitzpatrick feeds his number one. Curtis Samuel's now there. Adam Humphrey's now there. They da- drafted Diami Brown. I think there's some downside on Logan Thomas. I don't think he's going to get quite as much usage, quite as many balls, but he's he's still... I still probably make sense about where he's going in most fantasy drafts as, as currently as tight ends uh, eight off the board. Yeah, he's
0: he, you know it's the, the big three, and then he got Hawkinson, Goddard, and uh, Kyle Pitts, mm-hmm. and then it gets sort sc- of scary after that. Yeah, that, then it's yeah. then it starts with Logan Thomas, and yeah. I don't like him being the. First guy, yeah. I uh, I, I'm kind of yeah. avoiding that situation as, but hey, as good as he was last year. But, but if yeah. you told me I
2: can get five catches, fifty one yards and half a touchdown yeah, from him, then I'm definitely in. Yeah. Uh, which is what he did in the second half last year. Uh, let's go to the running back position. Everybody's high in Antonio Gibson at this point, including me. His abilities, I think, were overlooked by many last year, but I think given the offseason of reflection, people have gone back and looked at his body of work last year and realized Antonio Gibson was really good. He was pro football focus' sixth ranked running back last year. Derrick Henry led the NFL in missed tackles. Antonio Gibson tied him in missed tackles per carry. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Pretty impressive. The team repeatedly said last, has repeatedly said in the offseason they're going to throw to him more. As you probably remember, Antonio Gibson's a converted wideout. And so that makes sense. I think he will. I think that will end up happening. And, That will end up hurting JD McKissick, whose only real value to fantasy fans is fantasy players is as a PPR back.
0: I read a report today uh, from NBC Sports Edge, whatever Roto World's called now, about how he's put on muscle, though, put on some weight, McKissick. And not that he's going to take the job from Antonio Gibson, but if given the opportunity,
2: Mm -hmm. he might might be more than, he could be the full-on bell cow backup for Gibson. That could make sense. Uh, Here's the real problem for Antonio Gibson. His pass blocking is awful. Pro Football Focus ranked him 61st at the position. There are only three qualified runners who ranked lower than Antonio Gibson, and we need him to be on the field on third down if we want to see the pass catching get better, and the, the receiving numbers go up, so he's got to get better than that. Riskiest player at his current ADP is Logan Thomas, who, as I mentioned earlier, uh, he's going off the board in round seven. Last year, there were only three viable targets on the whole team. This year, there might be six. So I think his numbers uh, are could potentially go down. The player with the most upside, we're back to Ryan Fitzpatrick. Quarterback 26 right now. Had Fitzpatrick been allowed to play the full season in Miami, he was on track for 4,100 passing yards. 27 and a half touchdowns, 30 uh 330 rushing yards and five rushing touchdowns. His closest comparable quarterback Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert's ADP is quarterback 6. Ryan Fitzpatrick, who put up again was on a per game basis was putting up the same numbers as Justin Herbert. His ADP is 26. Too cheap. Too cheap. Uh, Hopefully you will not be too cheap to consider the sponsors that you are about to hear as we take a break. we come back, we'll talk about the Philadelphia Eagles, an offense in a great deal of transition. We'll tell you how we feel about them in moments.
1: This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is...
3: Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul. Some 41, 30 seconds from Mars. Oh, and two-door cinema club.
2: Welcome back. Fantasy Football Weekly. Paul Jargie and Brian Johnson with you. Let's talk about the Eagles. There may be no more player with upside and downside than Jalen Hurts. Yeah. If he can be a good enough passer to hold that job all year and continue running like he did last year, he has top five fantasy quarterback in him. But if his passing stays at the level it was last year, Brian, I can't tell you he even finishes the season as the starter.
0: Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll certainly talk about the upside and downside of Jalen Hurts a little mm-hmm. more. But like you mentioned, a lot of change going on in Philly. A uh, new head coach, Nick Sirianni, uh, the former offensive coordinator for the Colts. They also have a new offensive coordinator, Shane Steichen, who is the former uh, OC for the Chargers. So mm-hmm. a lot of changes on the sidelines for Philly. Um were not good in terms of yards per game and points per game last year, 25th and 26th, respectively. That was a lot of Carson Wentz, though, and not Jalen Hurts, yeah. of course. Uh,
2: well, and again, that offensive line just offensive line. decimated by injury was, last year.
0: And we'll talk about uh, the line a little more as well. Uh, Philly did rank uh, top eight in pass play percentage, uh, passed the ball over 62% of the time, uh, very uh, pass-friendly Offense um, for Jalen Hurts' sake and his pass catchers. Hopefully, that remains the same. But let's talk about the running, the running game, and Miles Sanders, who's had a somewhat torturous, torturous, tortuous, 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 tenure mm-hmm. in the league, especially from a fantasy perspective. Yeah, big weeks, down weeks, just very inconsistent. Even when it just comes from his usage and touches per game, mm-hmm. just six uh, rushing touchdowns last year, zero receiving touchdowns. Right now, going off the board is RB18, just after the DeAndre Swifts and J.K. Dobbins of the world. I don't know if I like that spot for Sanders in redraft. I like uh, guys like Chris Carson, David Montgomery, who are going after Sanders, uh, just from a safety...
2: Here's why I kind of like Sanders. Everybody's so down on him. ADP is really depressed, and that offensive line, when healthy is actually quite good... So I, I'm kind of interested in Sanders this year.
0: The, the, so let's talk about the line. Okay. Uh, it's been elite for years. Yeah. The, 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 the Eagles have had a very good offensive line. It, it fell off uh, a lot last year because of injury. And, and their their stars are, are falling a little bit. Uh, right yeah. tackle Lane Johnson and center uh, Jason Kels. Is he mm-hmm. Kels or is he Kelsey too? He's got to be Kelsey. Oh, Kels too. Right? I mean, it's it's same. Yeah. Be. Uh, they might be past their their prime by a pinch, but they're yeah. still still very good players. Uh, they did invest a 2019 first round pick in left mm-hmm. tackle Andre Dillard, but he has yet to live up to expectations. They do get back the Eagles that is uh, right guard Brandon Brooks, who missed all of 2020. Yeah, that'll help. He was pro football focused. Hot. Pro pro Football Focus's highest graded guard in 2019. Right, And he missed all of uh, last year. So the line, much improved. They are are only ranked 17th by Pro Football Focus going into the season. But if it stays intact, it could return to its glory days and uh, help boost Miles Sanders into top 12 uh, RB territory. But he's very much a coin flip and very much a, a contestant or a a finalist for the the highest downside for the, I'll, I'll the Eagles. I'll give you
2: another reason uh, that I'm I'm optimistic here. You know, Doug Peterson's gone. Peterson used a maddening running back by committee that oftentimes was not reflective of who the best runners were. And Sanders is the best runner.
0: But do we know Nick Sirianni won't do that? He might. over from the Colts, that's it, kind of it, in the Colts' I, I, Am I, Very I, much right?
2: so. It, it, I agree it is, but it's a but it's an opportunity for it for Sanders to. Um, to get more work than he had and and I think there's a decent chance he does here.
0: I you would you would hope to think he does and just for the sake of mentioning uh Boston Scott will be the primary backup. He has filled in admir- admirably in the past and they did they did sign Carryon Johnson for those wondering ah. if he's still in the league and uh, drafted uh Kenneth Gainwell uh, I think in the 4th round as a he's a rookie uh tailing off the the running back committee there uh so let's go to the passing game and, and Jalen Hurts uh, the other big name in Philly uh inside the overall top 85 players currently quarterback nine in most formats going right after Aaron Rodgers before Tom Brady Matthew Stafford Ryan Tannehill Joe Burrow a lot of faith being put in Jalen Hurts uh but like you said <laughs> he, he was great last year yeah. but but the sample was small. We'll, we'll, we'll dive into Hurts just a little bit more in a second. Let's talk about his receivers really quick. And when you start with the Philly receivers, you really have to start with the tight ends <laughs> right. and not the, the wide receivers. And for at the moment, as of right now,
2: mm-hmm.
0: the tight ends are both Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz. Yep. Zach Ertz is still an eagle. Uh, the Eagles have always used their tight ends a ton, always ranking near the top of all relevant fantasy stats. Richard Rodgers and Jason Kroom were catching tight ends, uh, catching touchdowns for the for the Eagles last year at tight end. Yeah, uh, the real history and, has and go-
2: Siriani comes from India, where they use multiple tight ends yeah, all definitely. the time too.
0: And uh, you know the recent history for the Philly tight ends has gone from all Zach Ertz to kind of a fifty fifty Ertz Goddard platoon. But the torch is certainly getting passed to Goddard now. Currently, tight end seven going after all the big names, and uh, again Ertz is there for now at tight end twenty one. Right. I'm bank on him I, leaving.
2: I am too. I you know I I like taking Ertz late, and then I just think they're going to end up moving him someplace. Yeah. Now you know where they move him may not be a desirable spot, but presumably any team that's going to trade whatever it costs to get Zach Ertz and Ertz wants to be well paid too. He does. Um, you know that's going to pay him and trade the equity for him. Presumably they're going to use him.
0: Buffalo was the
2: yeah Buffalo primary landing spot that oh, we, we've the, heard
0: about. Yeah, I would love, love that. Him. But uh, anyway, we'll see what happens with Ertz. Uh, as for the wide receivers. Not very exciting. I, I'll, I'm going to talk about Devontae Smith very quickly. He's the only one I'm going to mention. I'm not going to talk about Jalen Rager or Travis Fulgham. I'm not going there okay. in drafts. Maybe yeah. if they start producing in the season, I'll add them off the waiver wire. But they're, they're not draftable in my mind. Not even Rager, even though he has a, a draftable ADP at 162. People are drafting him. I would not. Devontae Smith is my highest upside player. Uh, he's a rookie, wide receiver 40 right now. Mm-hmm. But he's the top wide receiver on this team. Not the top receiver. That would be Dallas Goddard. But uh, one of the most... Exciting wide receivers ever to play college football. This absolutely dominated. Won the Heisman. Yep. Almost won the national championship on his own. It's quite simple. He's If he's the top target at wide receiver on a team that's top eight in passing play percentage, and if Jalen Hurts can keep it clicking, if you're getting Devontae Smith at wide receiver 40, I'm not comparing him to Randy Moss. <laughs> people, well, no, he's,
2: he's but built people concerns, like Randy Moss. Well,
0: from the, the, the thinness factor okay. a little bit, but, you know... There are a lot of concerns with Randy Moss going into his rookie year. There are a lot of concerns with Devontae Smith. He could throw all those out the window and just be a phenom right out of the gate. Yeah, it's, and at wide it's receiver possible. forty, I'll roll the dice
2: there. And, um, and unlike Jalen Waddle, um, you know who who is going, I don't know, about fifteen picks ahead of him, twelve picks ahead of him. You know that offense, that passing offense, is largely going to go through Smith. Yeah. And you know that's that's there's a certain amount of appeal to that for those that need productivity from him this year.
0: And uh, lastly, it was either, you know, Miles Sanders or Jalen Hurts as your riskiest player. I guess maybe Dallas Goddard could have uh, been in the convo, but I'm yeah, going Jalen Hurts. If you're taking quarterback, we've said it in previous pods, this might be the deepest it's ever been in fantasy it football. Is. It's and if so you're, deep. If you're sinking, uh, you know, a top six, seven-round pick into Jalen Hurts, he has to pan out, and if he doesn't, yeah, you'll probably feel uh, – Find someone on the waiver wire to back him up, but you cost yourself a stud at another position if uh, Hertz doesn't pan out. So yeah, most risk.
2: It, yeah, is. I'm I'm with you on that. Um, and tons of upside. Yeah, you know, definitely tons it, of upside. It, it's, it all comes down to his passing. He just he has to be able to pass yeah. better than what we saw last year. He'll to, give you uh, that
0: rushing floor, but if his arm doesn't keep him on the field, he's not going to be getting any,
2: yep. <laughs> any rushing at, numbers. At, at the end of the day, it's a passing position, and people don't like to hear that. And fantasy owners, I you know I get it, but and you're here for the rushing, but at some point, your quarterback has to be able to. pass let's go to the dallas cowboys brian all right uh dak prescott returns to lead a high-powered offense that struggled without him as you already know from last year in the four full games he played he was fantasy football's highest scoring quarterback last year so there's a lot of optimism for him he uh he topped 450 passing yards in three of his four full games last year 450 Dak, obviously, very good passer, elite weaponry around him, a very safe fantasy selection despite coming off the ankle, I think. The question is, though, on this rebuild ankle, are they going to run him as much? I mean, much of his fantasy upside had come from these combo games where, you know, he ran for 45 yards and maybe a touchdown, and right. he threw for 280 or 330 and a couple of scores. And, you know, in combination, those were really good Dak Prescott games. Just unclear as to whether or not that rebuilt ankle is going to allow him to produce the same kind of rushing numbers, and if Mike McCarthy will allow him to have the same kind of rushing numbers.
0: I'm not too worried about the ability, but yeah, they're not going to force it as much uh, as they did in the past. Yeah,
2: I think think that's true. Uh, Let's talk about the offensive line, because that's much of the story with Dallas this year. Offensive line decimated by injury last year, but should return to... I th- I'm not calling the elite status because th- I don't think we're at that level for these Cowboys anymore, but this could be a top 10 offensive yeah. line. No, it was only
0: two years ago they were the number one line with a bullet That's in right. most people's yeah. minds. Yeah,
2: uh, It's an aging uh, There's it's a somewhat aging line in spots like left tackle Tyron Smith returns. He missed almost the entire season last year. Their right tackle, LaL Collins, returns after missing all of last year with a hip injury. Zach Martin, uh, the right guard, is elite. The left guard is Connor Williams, a solid, not splashy player. Center is a pretty big question mark. Uh, Travis Frederick had to retire, of course, as most people know. Um, Tyler Bayadez, I believe is how you pronounce his name. He was the starter last year. He wasn't great, and he's back for this year. At wide receiver, you already know, it's a total embarrassment of riches for the Cowboys. There are three Great receivers. They each are worthy of 100 targets. They each had 100 targets last year. And, you know, that means when, you, when you're spreading 100 targets out, three different guys, some right, Gallup games. Gallup got
0: to 100 targets. I know, wow, right? I, I know.
2: Um, some games you're going to have guys that just don't show up in the box score as much because the other two need to get fed. Yeah. And so that happens sometimes. Everybody believes CeeDee Lamb is going to take a big leap in year two. I'm, I'm certainly on board. In his four full games with Dak Prescott, which were his first four NFL games, mm-hmm. by the way. So, you know, weeks one through four of last year with Dak Prescott. His production there put CeeDee Lamb on pace for 93 receptions, 1,400 yards, and six touchdowns.
0: So 93 catches for a rookie, that'd be probably top shocking. five yeah, all I mean, time, I would I imagine. Right, I it would have been an amazing season that for him.
2: Um, then Dalton came on. Lamb's season went in the crapper, and you know the story from the rest of that. Um, he's tall. He's a rangy receiver. Surprising burst, even though he doesn't have top-end speed. Tons of huge broken plays at Oklahoma. Lamb had the league's second-best catch rate last year on balls 20 yards or longer, and now he gets a far better, stronger-armed quarterback in Dak Prescott. C.D. Lamb is... Um, is is, has moved in the eyes of most people into the teens for his ADP among wide receivers. Amari Cooper led the team in every meaningful st- statistical category last year, and he'll probably do that again this year, although it'll be much closer. He set career highs in red zone targets last year. He converted 27% of his red zone receptions into touchdowns. Cooper got seven targets from inside the five-yard line, which is nuts. That is a lot yeah. for a wide receiver. Seven targets from inside the five-yard line. He remains the safest of the Dallas receivers, um, although all the steam for Lamb makes it close. But I still think Cooper, if I had to pick one, I would take Cooper slightly, and I've got them ranked within like two, two players of each other, two receivers of each other. Uh, I'll mention this, though. Cooper underwent ankle surgery in January, didn't participate in the team's offseason program at all, and he is expected to be okay for the start of training camp. We'll see. Then there's Michael Gallup, uh, third wheel, still targeted 113 times last year and 105 times uh, the year before that. Or I might have had those backwards. Actually, I think it was 105 last year. Um, he's the big-bodied downfield guy that they throw to. It's the boomer bust stuff. When he gets th- when he connects on those deep balls, he's great and he scores on those. It's great, but usually it doesn't work out. In his 12 non-touchdown games last year, he averaged three catches for 42 yards. That's that kills you.
0: That was basically every time I used them on DraftKings,
2: <laughs> I remember it was hard pegging those four. I good never games. got Gallup right. He was always right. priced so temptingly. Yeah, but yeah. Um, let's go to the tight ends. Blake Jarwin returns after missing the entire season with an ACL in the season opener. He uh, he got in some light practice and OTAs and minicamps. Expected to be available for training camp. He's a far. He's he's the much more polished receiver of the two between him and Dalton Schultz and I expect him to resume his number 1 tight end status that he had going into last year. Um Dalton Schultz just is not a is not a special player. And the tight end position though with either guy, I think there's some danger and I, there is a fair amount of steam on on Blake Jarwin um coming back but in reality the tight end position no matter who it is, you're fourth or fifth in the pecking order. You're behind the three receivers, you're behind Ezekiel Elliott. And so, really, at best, you're fourth or fifth at the tight at, at looking for balls from Dak.
0: Jarwin broke a lot of hearts. He was a, a, a trendy sleeper pick at tight end last year, I believe he, he, hurt, he didn't even play. I think he hurt himself in it was uh, training one. camp. No, was it, it was week it one. Was it, week it was one, yeah. yeah.
2: And it, you didn't even get like a full game out of oh. him. I think it was early in week yeah, one. that was brutal. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's talk running back. This is going to be a really hard decision for a lot of people. There is so much steam right now in Ezekiel Elliott going off the board right now as running back five and player five. I think it was five, or did you say somebody else was five earlier? Uh, Barkley, but I guess depending on depends on where you're looking, he might be four. Um, In fact, he might be three. Well, think of it. I should. I should. I don't have it in front of me. McCaffrey, Cook, Kamara. Uh, Uh, No, I've got him going up. He's going the board. I just, I do have notes. He's going Henry, I've gotten where I was looking. Fantasy football calculator, by the way, is what I was was using for this draft position five for either way. Yep. So let's talk Zeke. It was at this time last year that I was like, avoid Zeke at all costs. Mm -hmm. I was really nervous about Zeke for a lot of reasons. And the thing is I'm still somewhat concerned, although I'm a lot warmer on Zeke now than I was last year at this time. He posted career worst numbers in every rushing category. Um, but again, the offensive line was really bad last year, and it comes back healthy this year. The other thing that we should mention is, by all accounts, Zeke looks great. And I've seen photos of Zeke. You know, he's you know he, he doesn't like to wear a shirt anyway. No. Anyway, he does wear a shirt. It's a half shirt because he wants to show off his abs. And he looks good. Zeke looks like he's taken this offseason very seriously takes very good care of that belly button. Always lint free. Always lint free. When even when you take the offensive line struggles out of the equation though, Zeke was not great last year. Get this. Next Gen stats showed Zeke had 0.07 Yards over expectation that's, last year. That's a lot of zeros. Zero point zero seven yards. That's not. That's, that's you not need a not a ruler to to figure out how far that is. That's not the kind of double o seven you want. No, that is not. Um, that tied in with Zach Moss, and people hate Zach Moss, so that gives <laughs> you a sense of where of where what the Zeke we saw last year. But obviously, people fully expect the bounce back. But here's the reason I'm still worried. Tony Pollard is the more dynamic back. Pollard deserves more touches than he's gotten. And just like in 2019, when you go back, Pro Football Focus rates rates Pollard better in pretty much every metric except pass blocking. Razik is very good. Pollard, for two straight years running, Pro Football Focus thinks Pollard's the better running. And just my eyes, Pollard is the more dynamic back there's real risk and this is why Zeke is the riskiest player at his current ADP for the Cowboys. At draft position 5, I need a sure thing. I do, I don't want to have this kind of I don't want to have this hanging over me, which Zeke am I going to get? Am I going to get lack the lackluster version we saw last year, am I going to get a better one? I don't want question marks at pick 5. And to me Zeke still got question marks. I would say he
0: and uh, Dalvin Cook are the two top running backs that you have to handcuff. I don't I'm not an advocate of handcuffing all stud running backs, but no, those two feel yeah. like the one where you and then mm-hmm. you're reaching around to get the, the, the ensure you get those handcuffs, right? Yeah, I don't like it. So
2: if Zeke is going at draft position five, how many other guys are going in that position in that range who aren't clearly the best player at their own position on their own team? I mean, that's the worry, right? So I still think there's a lot of risk there. Let's talk about the player with the most upside compared to ADP. To me, that's Amari Cooper. He's wide receiver 14 and round four. Uh CeeDee Lamb uh going really right in the same range right now. But Cooper's just proven to be a workhorse receiver. And I love the fact that they throw to him inside the five. And that's those are cheap, easy touchdowns. And I, I love that stuff. Um, so yeah, I'm taking Amari Cooper. Wide receiver fourteen might be a little low with Dak Prescott coming back. Who's going to win this division?
0: Oh, no, Washington! A, Washington! Washington's, Washington's winning this division. I, I think they're the favorite. I, uh, I'm sure Vegas has them as the favorite right now.
2: I don't know that Vegas does. In fact, they're thirty to one to win the Super Bowl. Uh, football team is no. I'm sorry. They're fifty to one to win the Super Bowl. Um, I think people don't. I think people just assume Fitzpatrick's no good. When I, I don't, I don't see it. Cowboys are the. F- odds on favorite. There you go. Plus 110. +260. Well, yeah. Back. But here's the thing, Washington has the best defense in the division by a mile and maybe the best defense in the league. They added William Jackson, a very good cornerback in the offseason, huge upgrade over Ronald Darby. I mean, this is this is a really really good defense. And we talk about all the playmakers on offense now. All Fitzpatrick has to do get the ball into the hands of his playmakers. Curtis Samuel, and Terry McLaurin, and Antonio Gibson, and Logan Thomas, and let those guys make plays.
0: Man, the Eagles plus 500 is the worst odds. That seems like the best bet of them all, though. Just because of the the incompetence in the front office. Yeah, to win the division. Because the Cowboys, Washington, and New York, they can implode any drop of the hat
2: based on what happens at the front offices. Eagles plus 500, I like it. You're going to
0: Vegas. Put some
2: money on it for me. uh, I'm going to, actually. I'm going to take Washington to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. Never bet the team to win the Super Bowl. Always just bet them to make the Super Bowl. Because then you can hedge. Because then you can hedge. You Just cash cash that out, and if you still love your team, roll that whole bank forward on a Super Bowl bet. And if you don't love that team, keep your money or go somewhere in between. We'll talk offline, but you're
0: going to have to do a parlay uh, Chargers AFC champion Justin Herbert MVP parlay for me. Oh, I like that. I like that. You should hop on too.
2: Well, no, no, wait, wait. It's like you—you have you, not heard no, me talk well, about. Well, no, I'm no, not yet. hop. On. I, I know you're I'm on, board. on board, but just I'm on board. literally hop on that ticket with me as well. Yeah, well, that uh, that I might do. There you go. I already have a Chargers to represent the AFC ticket. Oh yeah, um, but
0: parlay yeah. with Herbert. I mean, if they get there, of course yeah. Eckler is every, Everything's going to play a big role, but if they make it to the Super Bowl, yeah. Justin, Justin Herbert has had, had might be MVP, the MVP season. Yeah, yes. that could
2: be. That could be. Um, he's got He's, he's got to figure out a way to. To beat a pretty good quarterback in his own division, which Just, is uh which is a challenge, but possible. Don't let the team doctor bring a needle anywhere near you, either, uh, you know. in LA. <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> uh thanks for listening. Appreciate getting to the end of the podcast. Uh next week we'll be back for uh we'll break down another division. I don't know which one yet. We've got we still need NFC South and NFC North. Let's save the North for last since we're in Minnesota. Sounds save it, good. save it for last. Uh talk to you in a week, everybody. Bye bye.